0: And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the work of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The God that Herb was singing about, still on his throne, is a God that knows the end from the beginning. He's a God that you cannot hide from. No difference where you go, he finds you. He knows your thoughts and mind. He can read them like an open book. And here is a case of how clearly God understands a man's heart. This man never asked for healing. Blind Bartimaeus sitting by the wayside near Jericho, He cried, and he cried loudly, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And the folks passing by, they told him to hold your peace. But he cried the more, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus called into himself and said, What can I do for you, Lord, that I may receive my sight? And Jesus said, Receive thy sight, thy faith has made thee whole. And he followed that crowd, praising the Lord Jesus. Amen. The woman of old, she didn't ask for healing either. But she stole, uh, uh, rather she took her healing. You could call it a stealing if you want to. Uh, but that kind of theft, the Lord will bless. She came behind the Savior in the throng. That is round about him. She never asked him to touch her body. She didn't tell about her ailment, how long she'd had it, anything of the kind. She just said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Thank God for that. And she elbowed her way through. And she reached out that emaciated finger of hers, She'd had that affliction for so long and spent all her living on physicians, the Bible said. But she didn't get any better. She only got worse. But the moment that her finger touched the hem of the garment that is upon the holy body of the Son of God, a great miracle took place. Yeah. She got a blood transfusion. It came from the real blood bank. Thank God forever. I remember Sister O'Brien when she's in Seattle. And then she came here where she passed from time into eternity. And I believe went to the Golden Shore. When they told her, the doctors did, about her blood condition. Well, she said there's plenty of blood at Calvary. Glory be to God forever. She got, she had a blood transfusion. Plenty of blood and calvary. That's what this woman got that day when she touched the hem of the garment of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how had of love to have seen and looked upon that woman, how that form just straightened out, how the bloom came back into her cheek and the sparkle in her eye. And oh, when she went home that day to her family, they could see the miracle that had been wrought just because she pressed in and got it. But this one we're trying to talk to you about tonight, this man had been born blind. And then those disciples asked that most peculiar question. We would think, who did sin? This man, or his parents, that he was born blind. We can realize how parents might sin because of some ailment they have, could be passed on to the child. But why would those disciples say, Who did sin, this man, or his parents, that he was born blind? Those disciples chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ had first been chosen by God. In the 17th chapter of John, Jesus said, Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. He didn't go about along the shores of Galilee, just selecting one here and there. God. Revealed to his son, who to call from the fishing net and the money cho- changer's table. He knew when he cho- chose Judas that someday he would betray him. It wasn't any guesswork about it. The president has chosen his cabinet, and he's appointed men to important positions. In the United States, I hope they'll turn out good as far as that's concerned, but that remains to be seen. But these that Christ chose had been chosen by God and to reign with Christ and sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Those disciples believed in an almighty God. In a God that knew the end from the beginning. That's the God America used to believe in. In a God that knew the end from the beginning. But oh, how different it is now. We've tried to pull God down to our line of thinking. We've got away with the fact or done away with it, that God is infinite, and that He knows everything. Those disciples believed that God Almighty could see the kind of a life that child would live. You say that's pretty far-fetched. You're preaching foreordination and predestination, don't you get the idea? I'm just telling you of a God that you cannot hide from, and a God that knows the end from the beginning, Ahijah, not Elijah and not Elisha, but Ahijah, the prophet, that told Jeroboam, you will be king over ten tribes of Israel. And he led Israel into idolatry. And one day his child was stricken. And God spoke to Ahijah whose eyes were set for reason of his age. He couldn't see. He said, the wife of Jeroboam's coming. She's going to feign herself to be another woman. She's coming to ask you if the heir apparent to the throne of the ten tribes of Israel is going to live. She came. She knocked at the door. The prophet said, Come in, thou wife of Jeroboam. I'm sent to you with heavy tidings. I know why you came. And he told her what was going to happen to the whole household of Jeroboam. But he said, That one child, that one child, I'm going to take that child. Because in him is some good thing toward the gods of Israel. Just a baby, just a child. So I'm not going to let him grow up and be polluted with the idolatry of his father. And he's the only one of the house of Jeroboam that will come to the grave in peace. How oh, God knows. God knows. God knows. Don't tell me if there's any limitations to the knowledge and the wisdom of my Almighty God. All I've got to do is to step outside the tabernacle tonight and look up into the heavens if the stars are shining and I realize there's a God there that knows it all. The heavens declare the glory of God. The show up His handiwork. But we're living in a day when people are forgetting God. They're heady. They're high-minded. They have a form of godliness but deny the power they're thereof. You get a little happy when they think there's something wrong with you. Oh, that, is, that is in the gospel. But you can go out to something else like that and act like uh, people that are insane. And that's all right. But all thank God. Thank God there is such a thing as getting happy in the gospel. Be like saying hallelujah, once in a while at least. Glory be to God forever. Who did sin, this man or his parents? He was born blind. Jesus said, neither. Neither. As the Canadian says, neither. Neither is this man sinned or his parents. But why was he born blind? That the works of God might be made manifest in him. Believe that? That's what it says. You see, what a terrible thing. For a man, to hold his life to be enshrouded in darkness. Yes, that's true. Suppose he had been born with good eyesight. Jesus wouldn't have stopped in front of him that day. Or he never asked for assistance. But the disciple said, look at that blind man. Jesus had compassion upon him. He spat upon the ground. He made clay of that spittle. He said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. He put it on the blind man's eyes. He said, you go to the pool of Siloam and wash. Why didn't he heal him right there? God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Naaman came up from Syria with all that money and riches captain of the host of the king of Syria mighty man of valor but he had leprosy. he came with enough money gold alone to say nothing about the other things it's silver and, and changes of raiment that he brought the gold that he brought alone would have put a life on easy street the rest of his life he thought he'll come out he'll make something large and spectacular about it, be the front news, the paper, so on and so forth. Ah, no, the great prophet of God, the man who had sold out, who boiled the oxen on the splinters of his plow, he just sent a messenger. He said, you go tell that man to go down and dip, as someone said, go jump in the river. Go down and dip in Jordan seven times. Why, he went away in rage. Why, he said, I thought he would come out, surely. Strike his hand over the place and call upon his God and all of that. No, a humble man of God don't work that way. He don't try to draw attention to himself or anything he has to possess or offer. He tries to point people to the great God he serves. Elisha said, just go tell him to dip seven times in Jordan and he'll be all right. He'll be all right. He started away in a rage, but his servants came to him and said, Master, if he'd have bid you do some hard thing, you'd have had to go out with your sword and do some exploits and so on and so forth. Would you have done that? Why, sure, I'd have did something like that. How much rather than when he says, go down and wash. He went down and dipped himself. You know the story, don't you? This flesh came again as a child. Sparkling with light and vitality. The leprosy was gone. Go wash, Jesus said to that blind man in the pool of Siloam. I don't know how far it was. I don't know how long it took him to get there. I don't know how many people he passed on the way going there. And they said, what's the matter with that man with that mud on his eyes? But I know he kept on going. He didn't know who the Christ was. But I thank God for a simple faith like that. He just kept on going. till he reached the pool. I don't know whether he had to feel the sidewalls and the rocks as he went down to where the water was. Possibly he did. He got down there and he reached his hand into the pool, took some of that water, and he began to wash that mud off of his eyes. Oh, change. Hallelujah to God forever. He carried it out exactly as the Master said to do it. Just exactly as the Lord said do it, He did it. Amen. Does God still heal people? Yes, He does. Can He open up blinded eyes? He's still in the business. Can he remove the cataracts and so on? I know the surgeon can do it. Can he do it? Yes, he can do it. How do you know these things? My Bible tells me so. And there's a few of them that we've put to test in our own hearts and in our own lives. And we've found it's true. Hallelujah to God forever. He came back. He came back. Then the Pharisees found him. Where did you get your healing? A man called Jesus. That's all he knew. He put clay on my eyes and told me to wash. I went and washed, and I see. They called the parents. Is this your son that you say was born blind? He never had eyesight of any kind. And they said, that's our son. He was born blind. But the way that because he's able to see now we don't know how that happened. Because they was afraid. Because they did put out of the synagogues if anyone said that Jesus Christ was a real prophet of God. So they asked the blind man. Ah, oh, the light had begun to break in. Thank God forever. They said, You give God the glory. That man's a sinner, that man Jesus. He said, I don't know about what he is, about his sinning or anything, but he said, there's one thing I know I once I was blind, I can see. Thank God forever. Have you got that testimony tonight? Yes. So once you was blind, now you can see. You once walked in darkness. You had to feel your way around because of the sin that had blinded your eyes. But one day, one day, the master came. Oh, thank God. Christ, God, for salvation. They began to argue with him. Well, he said, here's a, the peculiar thing. You don't know where it's come from, and yet he's opened my eyes, he said. Why, he said, since the world began. That has never happened. You don't know where it came from? They said, you were born in sin. And you were trying to teach us. And they cast him out of the synagogue. And here's the cap sheet of the whole story. Then you can understand why Jesus stopped. Not only to give him eyesight. But Jesus found him. And Jesus said, do you believe on the Son of God? Lord, he said, who is he? Is he that I can believe on him? Jesus said, it's the one that's opened your eyes. He's the Son of God. Lord, I believe. Was it worth being blind all those years to know how perfect eyesight, both spiritual and natural? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. God bless you tonight. There's victory for you. Maybe you've carried something a long while. Jesus is passing by. Thank God forever. Oh, it's wonderful to put your faith and trust in one that can lift you out of your despair and out of your darkness. Bless God forevermore. My heart leaps with gratitude and joy to the great physician. Bless God forevermore. When you have to come crawling out of your room on your birthday, because there's been an explosion in your head and threw you out of balance, and then uh, you have the great God come down and undergird you with his strength and raise you up and give you the victory. Don't lose heart. Don't doubt God. Step out on the promise tonight. That of your life is so dark. It's so dark. It's so dark. Wash tonight and you'll be made clean. There is a fountain filled with blood. God, on the man you've Sinners plunge beneath the flood. Lose all their guilty stains. Yes, he'll put new blood in your veins. Thank God for that. Yes, he'll give you a heart transplant. Yes, he will. He tells us about that over in the book of Ezekiel. I'll take out the stony heart, he said. That's a dead heart. That's a heavy heart. I'll put in a heart of place, she said. Why, they think they've got something new because they can take a heart out of one person and put it into another one. Sometimes it's successful, and sometimes it isn't. Why, we who have been born again have had the painless operation taken place. The old stony heart was lifted. Thank God the one we've got now beats in unison with the one that performed the operation. His name is Jesus. I invite you to him tonight. I invite you to him tonight. Are you hungry? Is there longing in your soul? Come to Jesus tonight. He's passing by, bearing palm for the wounded, healing all who will apply. Can I tell you just a little about what myself I was thinking today, how God knows, how he understands. I look back at my childhood days. I look back at the time when my father was sitting in the old log house. And I heard him say, out of my five boys, it looked like I should have had one preacher. I was the seventh child. Little fellow sitting there. Now in my heart I always knew it. The years I spent in sin, I never could get away from it. It would rise in front of me. no different where it was. Someday you'll have to preach the gospel. I'm still trying. By the grace of God, God knows the heart. God knows just exactly how we are and how we stand. Sometimes we're deceived about ourselves, but God knows it. knows all about it. When we thought we wouldn't do it, come tonight as the altar is wide open and it's open for you that going to stand and sing. Come. Let's gather around the altar of prayer. You come believing. The other person come believing. and preachers will be believing. We're going to have a wonderful altar service. You're going to get that victory. You're going to get that healing. You're going to get that holiness. You're going to get that baptism. Come tonight as we sing.